What's going on, everyone? This is Dustin Stelzer with the Electrician U Podcast, and today we're going to talk about the philosophy of troubleshooting. All right, there is a certain art to troubleshooting, problem solving, I guess, in general, but in the electrical trade specifically, we're constantly running across problems. So there's two types of electricians. There are the people that just kind of hammer things together. They just go in and they're very reactive to every situation. They don't pre-plan. They don't think about every detail and look at all the angles and think of things before they begin. And then there's people that really plan things out and that spend a lot of time trying to understand the entire environment, gather as much data as they can possibly gather to try to come up with solutions to problems. So it, there can be a point where you're like just wasting time and gathering too much data and too much information that's not necessary. The more you get experience doing this, the more that you're gonna understand like when those times are. But in general, from me being out in the field for the last couple of decades, I have seen so many more people not gathering enough information and very few people who can just solve a problem instantaneously because they've gathered enough data in their head. So to start out, let's talk about a few different things that people do wrong and things that are you know, suggestions from me of how you could be doing things better. The first thing that I see a lot of people do wrong is they don't ask enough questions. They don't get enough information. So when you run into a problem, let's say first example, we have like a homeowner call or business owner and they say, hey, there's a problem, there's a thing tripping, there's a thing that doesn't work. Rather than just saying, okay, well, we can be out there, you know, Tuesday at three to check it out. Why not sit and ask them, okay, so when is this happening? Is this happening in the morning? Is it happening in the evening? If it's a lighting problem, is it like, okay, well, is it all of your parking lot lights? Is it just one parking lot light? Is it all of the lights in the entire area? Is it lights on the building? What kind of automation system do you have? Do you have a lighting control system? You know, uh, is there a Novar system? Is there some kind of light sensors? Uh, when did this start happening? Is it still off or did somebody reset a breaker? All of these little questions help you when you're still on the phone and you haven't even gone out there to build an understanding of the whole job. Because a lot of times if you ask all these questions and try to drill down as many things as possible, you're already gonna know what the solution is when you get on site. So you can just easily come up with the problem and save the day and you're not spending eight hours and charging somebody eight billable hours to solve something that you could have just solved in an hour. And sure, yeah, you want more money, right? More money's better. But if you're a good electrician, you should be able to solve people's problems quickly. If you're a bad electrician, it's you're gonna take forever just being so unnecessarily expensive to come up with a solution that I could have come up with for a 10th of the price and been in and out and on to the next job. And then getting a call back every time because I'm that awesome electrician that they love that can solve all their problems. Now, this is not just something to do with customers. This is also something to do with employees. So if you own a business or if you're a superintendent or a foreman and you got people under you, when they start asking you a question like, oh, this isn't working and I don't know what to do, start asking them more questions. Well, what is this? And did you do this? And have you looked at this? And did it start now? Have you tested this? Did you just pull out your multimeter and test voltage? Or have you checked every single thing? Like what could possibly happen? What, you know? So start spurring people to start thinking more. And the more information you have, you don't have to get up from your plan and go look at a thing. If somebody can give you enough information, you can be like, well, yeah, it's because 
you know, the, the ballast for that thing's 277 and you put 120 volt ballast in or something like that. You know, there's a lot of things that you can immediately solve right away. And this is just good troubleshooting. And it's not even for the sake of fixing problems efficiently. The benefit of this is that you're training your mind to be able to solve things on the fly and see every angle of every situation. You're just gonna become way better at diagnosing things if you can train your brain to constantly ask more questions. The next thing that I think people need to focus a little bit more on is looking around more. A lot of people get just super laser focused into whatever the problem is or you know, they think a plug's not working or a light's not working. So like they just go immediately to this one thing without realizing like, wow, there's actually a lot of other things affected by this right now. So is this a problem right here or is this a problem down the line more? So in new construction, if you're walking into a building and uh, say you're like going on site on some new big residential job that you're on, take a few minutes to go look around at everything that's changed since the last time you were there. You might find that there's walls in different places than there were before. You might find that there's, you know, entire changes to things or trades have put new things in or taken things out and now things are different. So rather than just reacting and trying to like go straight in, and some of them don't you know you might have things that are controlled in different areas every little detail of things that you can pay attention to even like where it looks like there might be a trench running from one pole through a street to another one just cataloging all of that information as you're walking through because something might come up where all of a sudden you're like oh dude i bet it, what it is is it's this weird trench i just found over here i bet there's something broken underground and other people would have been like, what are you talking about? Because they weren't paying attention, but you were the one that was paying attention to trying to see like what's underground, what's going on above ground, what's going on overhead, and just keeping track of all of the things that you're seeing. It's not that you're looking for anything specific and you're not trying to just overwhelm yourself with unnecessary information. But if your job there is to troubleshoot, you need to understand the 30,000 foot view of everything as well as the zoomed in close up. A lot of problems happen with people that go too far, too close in, and they just start taking something apart, and then they move the problem because they changed the state of something, and now the problem is way over here, and there's no more problem in front of you, and you just keep moving the problem around because you're just jumping in and starting to tear things apart. The amount of times I have seen helpers and myself that I've done where I've created way more problems than needed was because I just didn't take enough time to back up and be like, okay, Let's think a little bit here. What is going on? What's the zoomed in thought about what's going on? What things could 
have happened to make this happen? And what is the entire system doing right now? What is the whole electrical system? What are the other rooms doing? Is everything else over here in this area okay? Is there anything else acting crazy over here? So the more information that you can catalog, you're just trying to capture all of the knowns so that you can get all of the unknowns whittled down to the barely anything. The more knowns you can gather, the less unknowns you're gonna have. And a lot of times when you're in commercial service, um, even in you know residential service, you'll run across problems that you have no clue how to solve. You have no clue what the problem is because with electrical, a lot of times the problem just goes away. So we will get a call to go out some to some job and when we show up, the problem's not there anymore. Everything's working just fine because the homeowner or whoever went over and flipped a breaker and flipped something back on or they shut something off, they, switch, they, they turned a switch off, they unplugged something, plugged it in somewhere else because there was something weird going on so they just chose to put it in a different receptacle. Most of the time when we run into a situation, we're not coming in in the state of the problem that it is. So there's a lot of like chasing things around. So there's usually a high amount of unknowns when we walk into an environment and we have to figure out what can we know, what can we check off and whittle all of these unknowns down so we finally have this last unknown and then usually the answer is gonna provide itself. So that's really the reason for looking around and trying to gather as much data as possible is just to gain more knowns. Next thing that I see a lot of people do wrong is they don't gather enough information with their tools. They don't use their multimeter and all of the settings. You got a whole bunch of settings on that thing for a reason. So electrical circuits are not just voltage things. They're voltage things with amperage things, with resistance things that put out power, consume power or store power things. You know, there's, there's conductors as a part of it. There's breakers, there's devices. There's like a whole lot of things inside of a circuit. So if you, all you're ever doing is taking a voltmeter or a tester and going up and checking if there's voltage there, you're not getting an understanding of everything that's happening in the circuit. Once I started as an apprentice to like learn how to use my ammeter and to start, you know, checking what readings were on conductors, it was like, oh wow, this thing keeps tripping because every time it gets turned on, the, the amperage spikes, you know, this is a 20 amp receptacle. And for some reason, there's this like 60 or 80 amp spike all of a sudden, and then it drops back down to whatever it's supposed to be at like 15 amps. Just little things like that caused me to ask the journeyman around me, like, why is this happening? Why, what is this like huge rush of current that's happening? And they're like, oh, there's this thing called inrush current. So when a motor kicks on, it draws six to seven times the amount of current just at the beginning and then once it gets up to its RPMs to its actual rated speed that current comes down to whatever the nameplate rating is supposed to be. So I was like oh you know I didn't know that but had I not pulled my multimeter out and flipped to the A instead of just constantly using the V I wouldn't have realized like oh wow this whole amperage thing like there's a lot of information to know about it so I need to understand amperage and when you know what that actually means and when things are supposed to be when things are supposed to look a certain way and not look a certain way. Another thing is doing continuity testing. So a lot of people, you see the little ohm setting on there, they don't ever know what that means because they're not testing resistors and resistance values, but their little continuity uh, lever on multimeters is extremely useful. You can tell if a transformer is working, like if you've got a doorbell transformer in a garage somewhere, you've got 120 in and you can verify like, yeah, we got 120 in. But if you take your leads and you go on the low voltage side of that, where you're supposed to have 16 volts, and you put your leads on each one of the screws and you notice it's zero voltage, you're not gonna know any other way 
that that transformer is blown, that the secondary, the low voltage side is probably fried. That's why the doorbell's not working. But if you're just going around like the push button's not working, I think I need a new push button. And you're going up to the chime and you're like hitting the little thumper things, you know? And you're just like, well, they're they're thumping, but I don't I don't really know what the problem is. It's like, well, okay, well you gotta start taking values with your multimeter on certain things, and when you notice something's not working the way that it's supposed to, uh, and even in that example, sorry, I, I sidetracked, but in that example with that transformer, I'm using continuity. I'm not checking for voltage. If I don't get voltage, I'm immediately gonna go to continuity and I'm gonna test on one screw and test another screw. And if I still get a tone, then maybe there's something screwy with my meter, maybe there's something else going on, but it will at least let you know like, oh, I don't have a complete loop here anymore. And that's all that's going on inside of the secondary of that transformer. You got a screw that's a long, it's connected to a piece of wire and that wire is really long and it goes to the other screw. So it's a complete loop if you put continuity on it. It should be a complete loop. And that'll tell you if the secondary of that transformer is burned up. And if it's not and it's still not working, then it might be something on the primary side. So using continuity, take it, you know, disconnect it from power, test your leads on the primary side. So there's a lot of things that you can do with your multimeter. So start getting used to using all of the different settings on your multimeter. If you have a DMM or something that has capacitance, um, you might have resistors in something and you need to understand what kind of resistance that you're getting. And if you put a resistor in and that it has, doesn't have a high enough wattage rating, so you have like a, a five ohm resistor that's a one watt five ohm resistor and you keep blowing that resistor, well, yeah, it's one watt and it's a five ohm resistor, but you need to understand like things about theory that there are different resistors that you can have a 10 watt resistor. You know, there's a whole bunch of different like weird things like that that you, you'll learn the more that you understand, but you need to learn those things with your multimeter. And the more data that you can collect about things, the better. I can't tell you how many houses I've wired where somebody, you know, mixed up a neutral somewhere or they, you know, they like hooked up a neutral to a different circuit or something and you couldn't get three-way switches to work and you test voltage not knowing what's going on. You just don't think there's power, but when you pull your multimeter out and you start testing the incoming hot to neutral and then you take the traveler to neutral, sometimes you'll get 120 and then all of a sudden one of them will say like 62 or like 47 and you're like, well, what does that even mean? And I've just gotten to understand over doing this long enough, it's like, oh, that's a neutral problem. I have a neutral problem. And you, you end up sending current on this way crazy longer path. So now you have way more resistance because it's not the same length, the hot and the neutral coming from the panel to the box, they're not the same length. Now you have an incoming hot and a neutral that's hooked up to 37 other neutrals. And so you'd have an imbalance. So the difference of potential between where the beginning of one conductor is and the end of another conductor, you have a different difference of potential than 120 volts. So there's something screwy with the neutral. So you know what I mean? Like if you pull your multimeter out and you start experimenting with all the different settings and understanding what each one of them does um, and just understanding how a circuit works, you know, circuits aren't really as complex as people think that they are. They think, you know, like, oh, this is a house. There's so many things in it. Really, there's just a source. There's wires that make a loop. And then there's resistance. There's like little resistors all over the place. And they're all in parallel in a house. You know, you've got a vacuum cleaner that's plugged into one room. Well, that's just one resistor you know, in the circuit. And then you've got a refrigerator in another room. Well, that's just another resistor in this parallel circuit. And each one of the loads throughout the house is just another resistor all the way through there. Now, it's a little more complex than that because if it's AC, a lot of the times it's not just a resistor. A lot of times you have capacitors or inductors. Most 
loads are going to be some kind of motor fan something that is going to have induction so you're going to have a lot of inductive loads um, but that's really it you got resistors capacitors and inductors you got a source and you got wires that connect everything really not any more complex than that the science behind things and how things work and why things work and why you have these weird bizarre problems and flickering and led lights and stuff like that sure that does get a lot more complex but for being able to troubleshoot you don't need to necessarily know every bit of electrical theory to understand that there's a problem and that where to be able to isolate where that problem is another thing that i see people do a lot is they will think that there is a problem at one device at say like uh, the first switch in a room's first like bank of switches and then when they don't find it there they, you know they'll take like a whole four gang apart all the switches all the wires moving everything around they don't find the problem there they put everything all back together and then they go right to the one next to it and take everything all apart oh no problem there put it all back together and they will go down the line wasting an hour of time until they get to the very end and the problem was at the end the entire time so there's an ability that you will learn in troubleshooting a circuit to quickly identify in which direction the problem is in. And that's a really, really important thing to learn. If you have a room, like say the room that I am, I've got receptacles all over in this room, I've got lights, so everything's wired in a certain way. But if there's a problem and like, I don't know, every time I try to plug something in, it breaker throws. Or every time, you know, say I just turn the breaker on and there's a, it blows. So how do I even know where to begin with that? Well, pick a middle point in that circuit and take that apart. Instead of starting at the beginning or the end, start in the very middle. You could, I mean, if there's no like visible signs of why this could be happening, just start at the middle point. You can put a plug tester in, it might tell you something's reversed or, or you know, like you got a hot a neutral reverse or something like that. But if you start at the middle point, even if you need to take it apart and pull wires off, if you pull the wires off, you disconnect the incoming side from the outgoing side. So now you just got two hots and two neutrals like sticking out in the air. If you go and try to flip that breaker and it holds, well, you know that the problem's not in the beginning half of that because all those things are still feeding through to this plug. It's everything after that that was in some way a problem. So the breaker's holding for the first half of the circuit. So now you know, okay, the problem is at least in that direction. So let me one, two, skip a few and see if I could find the problem. Or at that point, you can start doing continuity testing between things and try to figure out like which thing is hooked up to what thing. Now, the opposite is also true. If you went to the middle and you took something apart and you went out to the panel and you turn the breaker on and it trips still, it still trips. Well, that means the first half of the circuit is the problem. So that latter half had nothing to do with the problem. So now you can just isolate going backwards. That will save you literally half the time. And a lot of the times it's, it's with something that's really obvious. So once you get to a situation, you could be like, oh dude, I bet it's this one right here. Look at this, you know? And, and while you're taking things apart, just a side note, when you take a switch out of a wall or a plug or something and you're trying to figure out what the problem is, don't just take the screws out and yank that thing out and change the state of it. You always wanna look at a problem to see what current state it is in. So if I'm taking a cover off of a four gang box, I take the plate off and I just look around. I take my flashlight and I shine it all the way around and I look to see what's going on. Maybe there's just a ground wire on a lug and I'm not gonna take out four switches when I see an obvious problem on just this one thing. 
And I don't want to start moving things and pulling on things to change the state. And now the problem went away and I don't even know what the problem was. But once I push it all back in, the problem's going to be there again. So you can move the problem if you're not careful. So when you start taking stuff out, be very careful, be slow, look at everything that you're doing when you're pulling things out just to make sure that you're being delicate with everything and that you're not moving the problem or creating a new problem or making a problem disappear. Um, so just have a little bit of tact, I suppose, or a little bit of finesse when you're troubleshooting. All right, the last thing, definitely not the last thing, there's tons of other things, but the last thing that I'm gonna yell at you for right now is before you work on anything, plan out the details. This goes for a journeyman running a job. This goes for an apprentice getting materials from the truck. This goes for a, a master you know, business owner doing estimating. This is just across the board. The more that you can plan the details of how everything is going to work, the easier of a time that you're gonna have going through things. So this is maybe a little bit more on like job running than it is on troubleshooting. But I find that people that plan run into fewer problems themselves than people that don't plan. So an example of this, when I'm running a job and say we're on some big commercial job site and I got 10 other people there with me, I'm gonna take the first 30 minutes and tell everybody like, go organize the material, make sure that all of this stuff's put away. Uh, you're gonna be working in this area, so I want you to go over there and just look at the whole area and make sure there's not gonna be any obstacles in your way. I want you to make sure that we've got all of this stuff stocked over here. I want you to go talk to the, um, the you know, building or the general contractor to make sure that nothing changed on this whole thing. You want you to grab the plan and start looking at this. You, I want the, I want you to get the list together and start um, seeing what everybody's going to be doing for the day. It's, it may not even be important stuff, but at least you're getting everybody to start focusing on the job. And then during that time, if it takes you 30 minutes, you go and walk around at everything you want these people to do today. Because a lot of times, if you're going to have somebody up on a scissor lift, you'll probably have two people up there in a ground guy and then you might have another scissor lift with another person on it and another ground person. So that's one, two, three, four, five. That's five people and you sitting there watching. That's six people that if you don't plan out what they're about to do and they're just up there trying to run conduit and all of a sudden like, oh no, there's this huge 10 foot gap and we don't have anything to strap any of our conduit to and we can't be just out in the air like we don't have any way of doing this. Like, damn it, we should have gone four sticks back and kicked uh, you know, some kind of kick or we should have put a 90 in this thing and gone a different way. So now you got to go back and undo everything and move around. You probably just burned three hours fixing that problem, but there's six people. That's 18 labor hours that the customer is getting charged for that you just wasted, just wasted time, wasted money. And if it's not like extra billable time, it's at least 18 hours worth of time that your boss was not considering that job was gonna take. So now they're gonna eat up a whole bunch of money that you just wasted having six people do something stupid that now you just have to go back and redo. And now you're probably burning materials, you gotta cut conduit, you gotta, maybe you ran conductors up to a certain point, you know, like you're just wasting, wasting, wasting by not pre-planning. So I will take the first 30 minutes and even if all six of those people aren't working and doing anything really constructive for that 30 minutes, at least 
for that 30 minutes, it's the planning phase. It's the, hey, go look over at that room and see if there's gonna be anything in your way when you do this today. Hey, go over here, look over there, tell me what you see. You're just gathering information and you're looking at every single detail because in 30 minutes, I can solve every single problem that we've got that's gonna be ahead of us for the day. So when I tell somebody to go do something, I have a solid plan already. I've already come with all, with all of the objections that this job is gonna give me, I've already got a way to overcome all of them. So I'm gonna save time by burning 30 minutes by not having to waste three hours, which ends up extrapolating out into 18 hours. So pre-plan everything. I mean, when you walk into a job, plan where your materials are gonna go and why are you going to have them there in that closet, in the, this place, way off the far side of a job when everybody's parking way over here, why is that the place you picked? Why not have something centralized where no matter where your people are working throughout the entire job, they're coming to the middle. So the travel, the amount of time people are taking to running at materials is minimalized because you've got everything centralized. Make sure that you don't have materials all over the damn place. That's another thing I pe see people do all the time is they've got like 17 material piles and there's just stuff overflowing and falling over the ground. They got couplings mixed in with breakers, mixed in with conduit and there's just crap everywhere. And then they'll stack like a whole bunch of conduit and then they'll put boxes on top of the conduit just laying on the ground, but they got to work behind all of that. So then they're just like stepping on boxes and stepping on conduit trying to work and they're tripping and falling and sliding and like, it's a mess. So the less messy you can be on your jobs, the more in order that you've got everything, you have everything managed really well, where everything is, why it is there, keeping track of what you've got, making sure everybody knows what materials you've got, where they are. The more clean and easy and organized that you can make it, the better everybody else is gonna be. And that comes down to minutes, half hours, hours, entire hours on jobs just saved every day in people not having to think so damn hard because the job site's so cluttered. And on that note too, I mean, even think down to the tools, like, instead of having all of your crews bring in all of their tools and take seven trips back and forth to the truck to grab everything, what do they actually need? You can bring way too much stuff or you can not bring enough stuff, but like making sure that you think about this is what I'm about to do. And I know f by picturing me doing it in my mind, I know I'm going to be going over here. I'm going to get up on the lift. I'm going to come over. I'm going to probably put a stick of conduit. Oh, I need my drill because I got to, you know, put the straps up. Oh crap. I need the straps too. I need to make sure I got couplings and connectors. If we're using bang on caddies, I need to make my bang ons. Oh yeah. I should probably have my harness on my hard hat. You know, like, Oh, uh, picturing myself up there doing this. Um, and once I get over, I'm going to have a 90. I'll probably need to make sure that my ground guy's got a bender. Um, we got enough boxes put over there. Just imagine in your mind, what this is gonna look like and make sure that you're grabbing and tooling yourself up for everything because there's another huge time waster that happens to most job sites and it's people forgetting stuff and having to go up a ladder and then, oops, forgot it, go back down, run out to the truck, come back, go up to up the ladder, get a couple things done. Oh crap, I don't have this either. Gotta go back out to the truck, come back out because a lot of times too, people are just out there like, well, I'm already going out to the truck, I'm gonna smoke a cigarette. Oh, I'm gonna go to the John. I'm gonna, you know, like, and then they're just burning more time, not managing what they're doing. So the more that you can think about everything you need, if you got somebody that <laughs> you know is the cigarette smoker every time they go to the truck, 
Make sure you yell at them before they go out there. Make sure you got this, 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 and this. Do not come back in here unless you have these things. And if they're heading back from the truck, yell at them. Hey, did you grab this? Oh, no, I forgot. You know, like you kind of have to be on top of everybody as a foreman. But even if you're not a foreman, if you're just a worker, you're going to be way more efficient and better. And your boss is going to love you and want to pay you more money. And you're going to go further if you are somebody that can think like a troubleshooter. Somebody that is always anticipating the need of everybody else around them as is anticipating the problems that are going to exist on the job and is anticipating everything from a 30,000 foot view down to like what's visible in front of them and down to a very minute detail view. So I hope all of those things help you. We could do lots more of these tons of things I could talk about, about job sites and troubleshooting and stories. I can maybe even get into some storytelling sometime. Anyways, I love you crazy people. Thank you for watching. Thank you for all the support. Make sure you join our Discord server. Check out our continuing education on electricianu.com. Join our membership. If you're not already a member, we put new courses on there every month that don't get put on YouTube. We have premium content, which is, again, just videos on specific topics that don't get put on YouTube. Uh, we have a private Discord channel. And all of our members get access to all of our practice exams. So if you're studying for your uh, you know, journeyman or your residential wireman, master license, anything like that, we've got practice exams online. We even have a thing called a code cannon. It's 300 questions, just fires questions at you from the code. All of our exams come with printable PDFs as well. So if you want to sit, you know, eating your sandwich at lunch and do the you know physical versions of these and fill them out, you can print them all out if you want. But Membership is where it's at. So come to electricianu.com and join the crew. Love you crazies. And I'll talk to you in the next one.